Welcome to, well, that fucked me up. It really did. A podcast with Luke Coulson. And Kyle Wise. And each week we're going to be talking to real guests about their amazing, often traumatic, life-changing events. Focusing on stories of survival, hope, and overall triumph. Which is flipping awesome. Yeah. Because we're all about that. We're all about listening to people's stories about adversity and trauma and, and crazy stuff. I think there really is something for everybody. There's many, many topics, many, many guests, people that really have got through uh, some extraordinary things. Please share the love, share the show, get in touch, follow us, subscribe, click. We're trying to make it easy and open for people to discuss things that may normally feel tricky to do so. Um, We've been on an extraordinary journey and we're glad you can join us. Enjoy the show. That fucked me up. It really did. A podcast with Luke Coulson. And Kyle Wise. And each week we're going to be talking to real guests about their amazing, often traumatic, life-changing events. Focusing on stories of survival, hope, and overall triumph. Which is flipping awesome. Yeah. Because we're all about that. We're all about listening to people's stories about adversity and trauma and, and crazy stuff. I think there really is something for everybody. There's many, many topics, many, many guests, people that really have got through uh, some extraordinary things. Please share the love, share the show, get in touch, follow us, subscribe, click. We're trying to make it easy and open for people to discuss things that may normally feel tricky to do so. Um, We've been on an extraordinary journey and we're glad you can join us. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Well, That Fucked Me Up. My name's Luke. Our co-host isn't here for this one, Kyle. Um, But I am joined by Rhiannon. Hi, Rhiannon. Hello. Nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you as well. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank Um, you for having me. So... We like to start off with a quick summary of our podcast is about experiences and events that might have had a life-changing impact. Sometimes it's a one-off event, uh, something a bit more sort of like a a car crash or a a life-changing diagnosis. Uh, Some things are much more gradual, uh, kind of a constant, slow effect. Some things are a whole ton of experiences, um, and we love to concentrate on how that affected you and what things happened in order to kind of start the recovery from the thing that it was. So what, what category do you fall into? Was it a one-off? Was it a thing or was it a series? It was definitely, it started out as a one-off. Yep. Um, and then I would say <laughs> it's kind of a convoluted story, but yes, started as a one-off. We'll okay. start there. Do it. Let's hear it. Let's, let's okay. start wherever you want to start then. Okay. 
Uh, well, when I was a 19 year old college student, um, I was washing my car at one of those self-service car washes where you just plug the quarters in and take the wand and wash your car. And it was broad daylight, busy, hot summer day. And I was, um, unknown to me, someone came up behind me, placed a knife at my throat with one hand and a hand over my mouth with the other. And I froze. I didn't know what the heck was going on. At first, I thought it was like a horrible prank. Yeah. Um, and my brain was just like, couldn't even process what was going on. Um, and in just the flash, I was drug over to the next car wash stall, um, thrown slash shoved onto the floor of a car, um, handcuffed. And the man that did all this drove us off. So sometimes I wish we were videoing these because I am in some sort of traumatic shock just based on that start to your story. Holy crap. Did you know, did you know this person? No, Um, I had no idea who it was. Um, I knew, I mean, it was a man, I did, but I didn't know beyond that. I didn't know who it was. Um, I didn't know if he had somebody else with him. I knew nothing. I was, um, completely clueless to what was going on. Um, it wasn't until he started driving that I was like, oh shit, <laughs> I'm in some serious trouble. <laughs> so you were being kidnapped. I was kidnapped. Yes. I, I was just, kidnapped. So you, at that point, wow, you must have thought, what was going through your mind? And also, how do you feel about reliving that? Yeah, um, oh, I can share. Um, I've been through many years of therapy, and um, I'm now at a place where I can share without, um, without it negatively impacting me. Um, but I was... I didn't know who I was with. I didn't know where we were going. I just knew it was bad. Kind of in my mind, I was like, how am I going to get out of this? Mm. And I started trying to keep track of like turns that we made. That's what my brain went to. I was like, okay, so we turned left and then we made a right. And then we made another right. And I was just trying to figure out where we were going. That's like, that was going to help me somehow. But That's some sort of um, kind of, born identity mission impossible shit right there because you see that in the movies when people are trying to retrace in the van there's a bumping or we went over a train track or i heard geese or something like that right right yeah and that's what i was doing and the whole time the man that was driving he was yelling at me he was threatening me um you know telling me to stay down that kind of thing cursing at me um i didn't recognize the voice um And we ended up driving out into the middle of nowhere. Uh, We were in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Like I said, it was a busy street. It wasn't, you know, a mile, maybe two from from my college campus. Um, And but I could tell that we were getting in more isolated area just from the number of stops. And uh, when we turned onto a gravel road, I was like, oh, no, (laughs) this is not good. Um, oh my, I mean, I just can't, 
I, uh, I mean, as, as an anxiety sufferer, um, and knowing that the smallest, tiniest alert sends me into a state of physical, or used to anyway, send me into a state of physical panic and emotions of that kind of debilitating anxiety. How, mm-hmm. how, how were you able to, re- it sounds like you were remaining remarkably calm somehow in your head. I was, um, surprisingly so. Um, I was able to stay calm. Um, and, you know, I was just, I prayed. I didn't, I didn't even know if I believed in God, to mm. be honest with you, but I was praying mm. <laughs> because I knew I was going to need help some way. Mm. Um, and it was just, it, it once we came to a stop, um, I kind of detached right? and it was almost like I was looking down at what was happening. And and I think I did that just as a way to mentally and psychologically protect myself. Do do you think you started to prepare to fight or prepare for the worst? um, I wasn't really preparing to fight. Um, You know, they talk about fight or flight or freeze. Mm. Um, I was, I mean, we were in the middle of nowhere. There were no cars. There were no, he ended up blindfolding me. So I I didn't know anything else about, but I could tell we were in the middle of nowhere. So I knew there was no one around to help me. Um, And so I really just, at that point, I just cooperated because I was just like, I've got to stay alive. He still had the knife. Um, I was fearful for my life. Um, and so I just, I won't go, I won't go into the details of what he did to me after we stopped. Right. Um, suffice to say, just repeatedly raped me physically and sexually assaulted me. Um, and it was a horrific experience. I am so sorry. Yeah, it was, um, and, and that is, you know, why I kind of left my body yes. <laughs> as a means yeah. of escape, yeah. Um, yeah. just to escape the horror of what was happening. How did you escape? So um, after it started to get dark, there was, I don't, I don't know. I call him a farmer I don't because... Like I said, we were in the middle of nowhere. I don't know who it was, but somebody saw us parked. I don't think they understood or realized what was going on. And they just kind of yelled at us to go to leave. And so at that point, we got back into his car um, and he started to drive. And um, at this point, I didn't have any clothes on. Uh, He was still yelling at me um, to he was yelling at me to get dressed um, didn't know where we were going again. Um, we were just driving and we got back to a paved road and I could tell that we were starting. I mean, I was still blindfolded and it was dark, but I could see headlights, um, of oncoming traffic. So I knew we were back where there were other people and his car started to slow down. I think for a stop sign. And I just, said a prayer, crossed my fingers, and pulled on the door handle. And I kind of fell out of the car into the ditch, um, popped up, and started running. (laughs) 
Um, I ran into the middle of the street directly toward oncoming traffic um, because I was I was determined somebody was going to stop, whether that meant they hit me or what. But um, they and it was a truck and um, the truck driver, not not a truck, truck driver, but uh, like a pickup truck. Um, he did stop, and I just ran, got right into his truck, and started yelling at him to go. And he did. Oh, my goodness gracious me. Uh, Rhiannon, how long ago was this? Um, it was over 20 years ago. I was 19, um, so... I can still been... I can still hear the emotion and the, and the feeling in the way you, re- you relive that. And, um, yeah, my voice gets a little trembly. And <laughs> well, no, I mean it. It's it. It sounds incredible. Um, I, I'm, sh- I'm shaking because I, I just, I can't imagine what that must be like. But not just to go through something like that. But having spoken to a number of our guests, and you know, now beginning to understand trauma and uh, my trauma and. Uh, other people's trauma and what does that what does that do to you not just at the immediate aftermath but over mm-hmm. the next 20 years what what describe to us how is the recovery from something like that um I mean everybody is different um but mine was very difficult um the police did end up catching the man um, yay. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a little dance on the screen. Here. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, turns out he was a repeat sex offender. Um, this was not the first time he had done something similar. Um, so because he was captured, I had to endure a jury trial, um, a little over a year later. So that first year was kind of a blur. Um, I ended up having to drop out of college for a semester because I was just, I was, a, I was a mess. Yeah. Um, I had trouble functioning. I couldn't focus. Um, I was later diagnosed with PTSD. Of course. Um, and so then, you know, the, for anybody that has ever gone through a jury trial as a victim, um, the court system is just not victim friendly. And, that in and of itself was very traumatizing to me as well. So uh, um, one would imagine what you mean by that is the defense for him would be trying to make you somehow to blame for what yes, went on yes. in front of a, um, a room full of people. Yeah. I mean, just having, you know, I wanted to forget about it, <laughs> mm. um, which is impossible, but that's, you know, at that point, that's kind of what I was trying to do. Mm. Um and instead, you know, through preliminary hearings and interviews with the DA, and um, I was having to relive it over and oh over in a courtroom, which is not where you want to be reliving it, um, especially with him present, glaring at me. Um, and it's uh, and having defense counsel just criticize me and and pick apart my story and um, I, I'd like to think it's different now but I, I doubt it but you know mm-hmm. my my sexual history came up yeah 
shouldn't have mattered. No, at all. Um, it's just, it's quite disgusting when you think about it. It that, is. That you had to go Absolutely. through that after going through that. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. And funnily enough, I mean, I've seen it on TV shows and dramas and thrillers, yes. and you feel for the the victim because the victim is the victim and you know that the victim is the victim, but still there's a defense attorney telling the courtroom that that person in some way or another deserved it or asked for it. Mm -hmm. And just my credibility was um, picked apart. You know, I, I didn't remember things correctly and I didn't see what I thought I saw. And um, it was just, it, it was difficult. It was very difficult. Was there um, um, a conclusion to the trial? Yes, he was found guilty. Um, yeah, for for what he did to me alone, he was found guilty of fifteen felonies. And he, the jury in the sentencing phase, and um, after they found out that he was repeat offender, um, that didn't sit well with them. <laughs> apparently, because they sentenced him to five thousand seven hundred years. That's excellent. Yes. Yes. Thank um, thank God. Yeah. They they wanted the jury wanted to make sure that he never was released to do this again. Because if um, he's a repeat offender and he did that to you, he would do it again. It's just, it Absolutely. Seems... Absolutely. So yeah. and I'm assuming well, actually I'm not assuming. I'm asking um your sort of friends and family through that kind of immediate time, was it hard? How were they? And was it hard for them to understand what you were going through? Did you feel supported in those moments? Um, that's a difficult question. Um, not, and I'm going to say not really. Um, and it's looking back, I have a different perspective, but um, I really lost a lot of friends at that time. Um, in part because I pulled away. Yes. Um, but also in part, I think they didn't know how to respond or how to react to me. Yes. Um, because I was, I mean, I was a shell of the person that I had been. Um, I mean, I was scared of my own shadow. I yeah. didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to do anything. Um, I was, I was scared. I was just living in fear. Yeah. Um, and I think and, um, from Fred, Kyle and I, we talk a lot about this is we, it sounds awful, but we, I don't think we can, or you can, or anyone can expect to our friends or family to truly understand if they haven't experienced it or gone through yes. it. And a lot of people yes. are scared as well to, or don't know what to do or don't know how to behave or act. And I think that's one of the main things about this podcast that we're doing is just somehow to try and raise awareness that right. almost everybody has got some sort of trauma or, you know, health or mental health that we, I, I, I ran away from that. I didn't know how to deal with anything. People I knew or my grandmother getting old and this person, my father having um, early dementia, I, I, I looked in the other direction. It terrified me. So it's hard, isn't it? When you've, you're, you've gone through that, but you, we need people. We need people to talk to about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, 
I, I mean, my family was supportive and they tried to be there for me. Um, but I lived, I lived in a different state than my family. And so the support that they were able to provide was long distance support. Um, and it just, it wasn't enough. Um, and, you know, not having anybody local to me, having lost a lot of friends, um, it was very difficult. Yeah. Um, I did seek counseling um, almost immediately. Yeah. Um, so I did have some support, um, although trying to find a good therapist is a challenge. That's another whole story, <laughs> um, especially when you go through something as traumatizing as I went through. I, I've been through multiple. I've been through um, multiple therapists over the years, um, but do you think it, that it's almost the case that a lot of these that it's just almost like a story too far for some of these therapists? They're not even too sure what to do about it or how to empathize or yes. sympathize. It's like well, I I don't necessarily have training in the in the world of kidnap right. and, and and rape and I don't know, you know. Yeah. And this was, um, you know, this was pre Google or, or Mm. I don't, well, I don't remember when Google came around, but it was, you know, the resources online weren't what they are today. Totally. Um, and so I was literally flipping through a phone book trying to find a therapist. Oh my goodness. Um, and so it was a challenge to say the least. What, um, what did then the long-term recovery look like for you um, once you started to seek therapy and the years went by and sort of up until mm-hmm. now? Um, um, well, I, my 20s were a hot mess. Mm. Um, I suffered severe PTSD for years. Mm. Um, panic attacks and flashbacks and nightmares and uh, depression and anxiety. And I was suicidal. Um, I mean, I remember sitting on my kitchen floor with a knife in my hand, holding it at my wrist, just like desperate. Um, Not necessarily because I wanted to die. I just wanted the pain to end. And I couldn't think of any other way to make it stop. Um, because my life was a living hell. It was. I feel like um, um, just because the um, your attacker went to jail, I, I feel like that ne- doesn't necessarily solve those feelings because it's not a case of this guy is going to get me again. It's my whole living soul has been traumatized and yes. everything's been reset in a different way. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, the, the idea that, um, he would go to prison or, and that would bring closure. That was just not even close to being the case. Um, I still suffered. I mean, you could talk to me logically and say, yeah, he, you're safe. He's not going to get you. But in my body, I did not feel safe. Um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was scared. I was just scared physiologically. Um, I mean, when you have flashbacks, 
you are not living in the moment. You're living in what happened to yes. you. Yes. And in that moment, you don't feel safe. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when you have nightmares every night, like you can't even go to sleep because you're so scared to go to sleep because you're going to relive it. Um, so I suffered many years um, from PTSD. I finally um, did land with a therapist who did a type of therapy called EMDR. I'm familiar with EMDR, in fact, about yeah. s- to start a course myself, which is funny that yeah. you say that. Yeah. And that was life-saving for me. Um, that really reduced my PTSD symptoms. Um, and it made it, on the outside, you wouldn't know that I suffered as much as I did because yes. I still went through the motions. I did graduate college. Mm, wow. um, I was, you know, out in the workforce. Um, and you know, relatively successful. Yeah. Um, but I suffered. Yeah. Um, so it was really, it just took years of therapy. Um, EMDR, I had, I ended up with a couple of good therapists and I finally was mentally healthy enough. Um, I went to law school. Wow. Um, I excelled in law school did really well. Um, and I, since then I've done really well. Um, I'm not, I've had what I call, um, I still, I mean, I still battle with it, with PTSD. I have what I call little flare ups every now and then. Um, but for the most part, I'm doing really good. It's, it's just an absolutely extraordinary and inspiring story. Just quickly back to the EMDR. That works in a way where you're unlocking and releasing some kind of built-in, hidden kind of traumas and subconscious feelings. Is that the idea behind that? Yeah. Um, and it works. I don't understand completely the mechanics of it, but it, it will literally rewire your brain. Yes. Um, and that's what it did for me. Wow. Um, and it made it so that like, I don't think I would even meet the clinical definitions of PTSD anymore. Wow. Um, just because I don't have the symptoms that I used to have. So it's amazing. Yeah. Well, this is an, just an absolutely extraordinary story and nothing like any story we've heard on our series so far. Um, I just congratulate you on any sort of recovery after an experience like that. I, I know trauma, traumatic experiences can really, can really, mess you up can really fuck you up but this yes. one, this one it, i just it, and it was just a ra- it, it was just a random attack just to think one day you're cleaning your car at the car wash and the next minute you're literally fighting to stay alive yeah it's like a movie it yes it was like a movie in terms of um and just to sort of wrap up in terms of um 
people who might be going through similar things, people who have that kind of trauma from a, a harrowing experience. Was there anything, do you think the EMDR was the main thing? Were there su- support groups? Was there anything you, you know, you would say to anyone? I do think that finding the right therapist is absolutely key. One that is um, experienced with trauma, is trauma-informed. For me, the EMDR was was very successful. Um, And I developed a better support system um, with friends and family and my husband um, it just having that support system and knowing that you're not alone. I, I mean, I, I have a group of friends that, um, that are my lifeline and, you know, I think that's really essential, um, to find somebody that you can trust yes. and that you have that kind of a relationship with, um, for a long time, I kind of, um, I kept secret what had happened to me, um, because I had lost friends initially. Um, I, after I graduated college and kind of entered the workforce, I, it was almost like I took on a new identity. Um, and I didn't, nobody around me knew what I had been through. Um, and I thought at the time that that's was helpful, but I think really that just made it worse. Um, yeah. You hiding. were harboring this extraordinary secret that only you knew about. Right. Right. Wow. Um, and so now I'm very open about it. Um, I, I like doing podcasts like this and I post a lot on social media uh, I speak at different events. Um, you know, everybody that I work with in my in my legal office knows what happened to me. Wow. Um, and I think I used to be afraid that people would judge me or would look at me differently. Mm. And maybe they do look at me differently, but I don't think it's in a negative way. That is, I've got goosebumps. That's amazing. Because yeah. I think a lot of times with trauma people who have been through traumatic experiences and I can't speak for sexual trauma but there's there's a shame stigma as well attached to that Um, and I know through talking to lots of people you know recent over the recent weeks and months that 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 lifting of uh, it getting it from in here out to the world as much Uh as it's terrifying in the first instance is an extremely healing yes yeah it's healing for me. And I also have found that it's beneficial to other people as well. Um, I've had multiple people reach out to me and say, Oh my gosh, you give me hope. Um, because you know, they might not be able to relate exactly to what I went through, but different aspects of my story, different pieces of trauma that they have experienced. Um, and that they can relate to, and it's like, if you can do this, then maybe I can't too. It's, it, it's amazing. And we'll end there. Um, we, as with all our episodes, um, and very specifically in your case, we'll make sure people know where to find you. 
And so yes. we'll post any relevant links, um, any support groups that you think might be helpful or really just your um, Instagram, any website and things like that. So after people have had a listen, um, they can go on to the, our ne- next little episode is a little afterthoughts catch up section that Kyle and I do. And there, there they can find all the information um, and they can find you if they if they so desire. Perfect. It, it, this has been extraordinary and amazing and wonderful and and a roller coaster of emotions and thank you for sharing your story it's it means a lot um and it's extremely brave everything you're doing so thank you oh you are very welcome it's my pleasure